So there was one of those doors that was just floating in the back of this cove. And I decided I'd see if I could, you know, cast my Sanka, land it in the hole and casted it out and it hit, landed in the hole. And my line was starting to go. And uh, here there was a fish. I guess I cast it into his house. If the door is rocking, don't bother knocking. Just flip your Senko in on episode 58, brought to you by ReelsandTackle.com. Welcome to the Telltale Fisherman Podcast, where avid anglers share the story of their best fishing day ever to inspire yours. Now it's time for another epic adventure. So here's your host, John Woodson. All right, welcome to today's show. Our guest is coming to us from Pennsylvania, and his name is Garrett Ginsley. Garrett, how are you, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. And um, uh, we were just talking before we got the interview started here that um, you know Ryan Spuler and uh, a former guest of the show and do similar kind of fishing that he does, some kayak bass fishing. So that's going to be awesome. We get to uh, you know talk about some more bass fishing up there and get your take on that. But uh, before we jump off into that, why don't you kind of take us back to the beginning, you know, when when you got started fishing and got bit by the fishing bug, so to speak? Um, so as far as when I started fishing, um, uh, the joke in my family is that I started fishing before I started walking. <laughs> um, uh, f- fishing's always been such a big thing in my family. Um, we've always done it as a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always been, you know, a good pastime of ours. Um, I, I mean, I was probably three, four years old, first time I ever went fishing. Um, there's a good story with that. We went out, uh, we weren't really catching them too much. And, uh, my mom wears prescription glasses and I actually picked them up and, uh, threw them into the pond we were fishing. <laughs> so my dad spent the next couple hours trying to catch them and he eventually successfully caught them and got them back. And we ended up going home after that. <laughs> so we didn't catch any fish except for a pair of glasses, but yeah. that was the first fishing memory. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, um, I presume that uh, at some point along the line there, you decided to stop throwing in glasses and start throwing in lures and uh, get after the fish instead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a big turning point in my fishing career. (laughs) Yeah. Did you, uh, so did you grow up, I mean, fishing through high school and middle school and all that? Just bass fishing around your area? Uh, yeah, around the area we did a lot. Um, you know, I, I grew up fishing the Schuylkill River a lot, um, mm-hmm. which is a river. You know, if you're familiar with the Philadelphia area, um, even if you know Mike Iconelli, a professional bass angler, mm-hmm. he always talks about fishing the Schuylkill. And, um, you know, I can you know, tell you from firsthand experience from wading that as a kid. Uh, when Iconelli talks about there being shopping carts and bathtubs and <laughs> <laughs> you know, everything else in there, um, I, I can confirm that is all in the Schuylkill and the wow. do hold to that. Wow, that's some so, yeah, and unique then, structure. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, it's some unique fishing. It's it's tough fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's there's some good fish to be had there. Uh, so I grew up fishing that, and then we fished a lake in upstate New York uh, called Black Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, it's up near the Thousand Islands. Okay. Uh, if you ever get a chance to go there, I uh, strongly recommend anybody getting up there. Uh, it's like a it's like a mini Lake Gunnersville, mm. really weedy, shallow, tons of bass, pike. Um, and that's really where I really honed my bass fishing skills. And you know, um, you know w- what little bass fishing skills that I have, 
um, I learned them from up there, and uh, you know that's where I cut my teeth catching them. Nice. And so, how, how what was your fishing style up there? I mean, would you go in boats or shore fishing or? Yeah. So we, uh, my dad has a bass boat. Um, we okay. take that out. Uh, we we still go up there. We still take that out. I would say I take the kayaks up there now. Um, yeah. But you know when you're on vac- when you're on vacation, it's nice to not paddle. Yeah. Yeah. Pedal in my case every now and then. So. Right. Right. So that's what a couple three hour drive up there for you. Uh, it's about a six hour drive for me, but it's okay. a straight shot. Um, yeah. So it's not too bad. Okay. Yeah. So I I used to live in uh, Syracuse for three years, and uh, unfortunately okay. wasn't wasn't doing much fishing during that time so i didn't get to explore uh some of those cool lakes up there but um i've i've seen some of them especially the finger lakes and all and it's uh definitely definitely some pretty waters oh yeah new york's got some new york's got some real good bass waters yeah yeah for sure well so so you mentioned the kayaks and and pedaling so i i take it you have a hobie kayak or one of the uh foot propulsion models uh, yeah, so I, I primarily fish out of a Hobie Pro Angler mm-hmm. yep. um, when I'm on a lake. If I'm fishing out of the river, I'll use, uh, I have a wilderness system to tack 120 that okay. um, I fish out of there. Um, and then I also, I run a Torquedo on my Pro Angler, which if you're unfamiliar, is the uh, electric motor. Oh, yeah. That's pretty much made for kayaks. Um, I have seen those. It's a great, great addition. Cover a lot of water with that. Oh yeah, so you've got the you've got the pedals, and then you've got the torpedo on that all at the same time. Yep, yep. You make it sound like I'm so lazy. <laughs> oh no, no, no. It's all it's always a good day's work when you're uh, pedaling the Hobie around. I actually have a couple Hobies myself, and uh, no, nothing nothing lazy about it. But boy, they sure are great fish catching machines. Oh uh, yeah, they're the best. Yeah, no doubt. So. You know, I'd like to uh, get your take on the contrast of uh, bass fishing from your kayak versus, you know, fishing off the boat. I mean, do you find, um, I mean, obviously you don't have the range that you would in a boat, but I mean, do you find you're more successful in a kayak or can do things that you wouldn't do in the boat? I mean, what do you like about fishing in the kayak versus the boat? Um, you know, it's funny. I, I think fishing out of a kayak has made me a, a better angler. Um, it's forced me to really pick a spot apart. Um, when yeah. I fish out of a boat before, you know, I would just kind of put the trolling motor down and just blow down the the uh, shoreline and just make make a hunter cast on the shoreline. And if there was a fish there, I'd catch him. If there wasn't, I wouldn't. Yeah. With the kayak now, I, I kind of pick a spot and I'm forced to pick that spot apart. Right. Um, and, and, you know, and, and that's one thing that I've learned with kayak fishing is, you know, if you know that there's a fish, you know, if there's a log in the water and you know there's a fish there and you make a cast to it and you don't catch anything, keep casting at it. Um, especially mm. if you're throwing a, a reaction bait, you know, you just got to keep casting at it and keep casting at it and, you know, tick them off enough that they're going to hit it. And they're going to hit it. Um, it might take you 15 casts, it might take you 20 casts, but. You just got to keep cast at that spot and just pick it apart, um, you know, and, and catch it. If you, if you know there's a fish there, go out and catch it. Right, right. Or so, a, lo- so, a log so, or, a, I was going to say, a log or a shopping cart or bathtub. Is, is that what the yeah, other thing you bathtub, said? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. So um, the other thing with a kayak is that I've found is you can sneak up on a fish before it even knows you're there. Right. Um, when you're in a bass boat, you know, you come through with your trolling motor, you're making a lot of noise. Um, obviously you can cover a, a, a ton more water, mm-hmm. um, which is a, 
uh, obviously a huge plus on, especially on some of these big lakes that we have tournaments on. Yeah. Um, but in the kayak, you can really get in there and you can, you know, really get up on the fish. And sometimes you can actually get on top of the fish where you can see the fish before the fish even knows you're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a huge advantage that, that kayakers have over, over boaters and, you know, just being able to get into the backs of creeks and, um, you know, certain areas that, that boaters can't get to, um, you know, kayakers have a really big advantage over that. Yeah, that's and that's something I've noticed myself in saltwater fishing that we do down here for redfish, red drum. Um, I've found I was always more successful fishing out of my kayak than I was out of my flats boat. Um, and I, you know, I guess it is that stealth thing for whatever reason. It's just easier to get up on them and not spook them it seems like oh yeah yeah and then i mean you you also have the um which i'm sure you've experienced this in fishing um just casting from a kayak and working a bait from a kayak is so different than a boat mm-hmm. um i'm a big i'm a big jerk bait fisherman yeah um, and okay. i actually had to change i had to change the rod up that i use for jerk baits mm-hmm. um fishing out of my kayak I had to go with a rod that has a, a shorter butt end on it. Right. Um, yep. So it doesn't get caught up in my life vest as much when I'm, I'm fishing that jerkbait. Yep. Um, and your rod tip angle is different. It's just, it's, there's a whole, um, there's a whole to do that you have to get used to when you fish a jerkbait out of a kayak compared to a boat. Right. Now, do you, do you use all bait casters or do you use more spin casters? Cause I actually find the spin casters are easier for me to deal with out of a kayak. Yeah. So, um, I use more bait casters than I do spin casters. Mm-hmm. I'll have um, maybe, I mean, I, I, I carry pretty much an entire tackle shop with me when I'm out there. <laughs> well, um, you can on a pro angler. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I am, uh, I'm known for overpacking on the kayak. Um, <laughs> I like it. You know, I, I, I was with a buddy um, a little bit ago, uh, a couple weeks ago, and we had to drag our kayaks um, probably about, you know, 400 yards to get to where we were fishing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he had a feel-free uh, lure, 11.5, and he just kind of got to the creek and just drug it through and was fine. And, you know, I got my pro angler in there, and, you know, I think he had about 20 or 30 casts in by the time I got to the water and was able to actually get the boat <laughs> on the water um, after feeling like I was going to have a heart attack a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they're they're not the lightest kayaks in the world, are they? No. No, especially when you have them all loaded down with a torpedo and right, a, yeah. you know, fish finder and battery and everything. So yeah, no doubt. But, but back to your question, um I, I carry like two spinning rods um at a time and I'll carry, you know, six or seven bay casters. Wow. Um I I'm I'm not one of those guys that goes out and fishes with a, a light or a medium light setup and, you know, likes to play the fish or you know, fight the fish or as some people say, make it fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I use heavy line. I, I hook them and I get them in the boat. Um, yeah. I don't mess around. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and sometimes you really have to. I mean, if you're fishing in thick cover or around uh, shopping carts, maybe, <laughs> you know, you <laughs> yeah. got to yeah. you gotta pull them free. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm interested to hear how you use the Torquedo. I mean, do you, you know, having the pedals and the Torquedo, do you use the that Torquedo for going long distances, you, you know, when you're making long runs and then kind of settle in with the fins to be quieter or, you know, how do, how do you use both of them when you're out there fishing? Yeah. So, um, what I'll do is I'll, I'll like, just like you said, I'll drop the Torquedo down and I'll, um, take it to a spot that I'm fishing. I'll pull the Torquedo up. Once I get there, I'll use the pedals to get around maneuver myself. 
Mm-hmm. Um, once I'm done with that spot, drop the torpedo again, or, and I'll motor up to the next spot. Ah, um, and, okay. I mean, the good thing about the torpedo is, you know, you can cover so much more ground with that. Um, hmm. If I mean, if, if you don't, if you just kind of go at like a three and a half, four mile an hour speed, mm-hmm. you know, I can get, you know, I can get 12, probably 12 to 15 miles out of that, um, out of that torpedo. Wow. Uh, which on any of the lakes that I fish up here in Pennsylvania, which, um, aren't that big, mm-hmm. I can pretty much cover the entire lake. Um, you know, actually the, uh, one of the first times that I ever used my torpedo was, um, on a lake down in North Carolina called Nantahala. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, so my girlfriend and I, we, we go to that area every year, mm-hmm. love the Smoky Mountains and we'll pick a lake. And, um, we were at Nantahala and never been there before, knew nothing about it, knew it had some bass, knew it had some good fish in it. And honestly, without our torpedoes, we wouldn't have been as successful as we were because mm-hmm. we went a really far distance a bunch of times to get to a spot. So that's where it really shines is where you can just kind of go out and go as far as you want and not worry about, you know, having to paddle back or pedal back or anything like that. You just don't even think about it. You see a point you want to fish or a, a lay down or an island and you just go out to it and you worry about, you know, fishing it. Don't worry about getting back. Right. Well, you've you've got me intrigued now. I'm uh, thinking of all the places I could get to that I couldn't formally do that <laughs> when with just oh, pedal yeah. power. So, um, hmm, yeah, that's not yeah. a bad idea. Oh, yeah. yeah, and it's nice at the end of the day when your legs aren't tired. Yeah, for sure. And it's uh, probably nice to have a little break when you're going into the wind as well. You know that you get that motor fighting it instead of uh, you the whole time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's that's a really big advantage. Right. So you you mentioned that you love to fish uh, jerk baits. Um, is that your primary style, or you know what what else do you normally do when you're bass fishing? Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of all over the place. Um, you know, I love fishing jerk baits. Um, I fish them year round. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of people only fish them in cold weather, um, yeah. in cold water, I should say. Uh, I'll fish them the entire year. You can catch fish on jerk bait the entire year. Mm-hmm. You just gotta have the right jerk bait, get into the right depth, and have the right cadence with it. But um, I fish soft plastics. I fish a lot of Sankos. Um, I, you know, I love the Ned Rig. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Ned Rig is a, you know, everyone talks about how long it catches little fish, but you can catch big fish in the Ned Rig. A yeah. lot of them. Um, you know, I fish a lot of crankbaits. Um, you know, I fish, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but, uh, Adam's custom lures. Um, no, I haven't. Um, so I'm, I'm on their team. Um, they make a, a jerk bait called the encounter 75. Okay. And then they make a square bill. They make a square bill crankbait. That's called the attack 1.25. Mm-hmm. And the attacks, it's a little bit smaller than your KVD 1.5. Mm-hmm. Got a little bit, a little bit tighter wobble. Um, but anyway, Adam who owns the company, he hand paints every single lure. Oh, um, cool. Those are my two go-tos. Uh, I love those lures. They, they're fish cat, fish catching lures. Um, mm-hmm. They just flat out work. Awesome. Uh, so if I'm going crankbait or jerkbait, that's what I'll go. But you know, basically what I'm getting at right now, being long-winded, is I pretty much fish everything. Um, right. I don't have a go-to technique. Um, that's one of the things that I've really pushed myself over the past couple of years to do is to, you know, there's a lot of guys that say, you know. I fish Sankos, and no matter what the water temp is, no matter what <laughs> right. the weather tells you, they're going to fish with Sanko. Uh-huh. And it's going to work out sometimes, but sometimes it's not. 
Right. And I try to just, you know, I try to have a technique for no matter what I'm faced with. Right. So no that, doubt. And, and, you know, doing that has really helped with, you know, not getting skunked and being able to catch fish consistently. Right. And tournament fishing, which uh, I understand you do a little bit of out of your kayak. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we do the, uh, the catch photo release tournaments, um, you know, that everybody that kayak fishes knows about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I fish the, the kayak bass fishing series. Uh, I'm doing the river bassin this year. Um, and then I fish locally, the uh, kayakanglers.com. Very cool. Well, I understand that the uh, story we're going to talk about here in just a minute comes from a uh, kayak tour fishing event or, you know, a kayak tournament fishing event. So everybody hang tight and we'll be back in just a second and hear all about it. Hey, guys, I just wanted to say a quick thanks to all of our listeners out there. If you enjoy the show, please take a moment to leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Google Play, or Stitcher. It really helps us to spread the word so we can keep bringing you the most epic fishing adventures in the world. All right, we are back with Garrett Ginsley, and um, we've been talking all about kayak bass fishing and uh, his cool setup that he has uh, on his Hobie Pro Angler there, um, and some of the lures and different things he uses there in Pennsylvania and elsewhere. But um, I understand uh, you make some road trips and do the kayak uh, tournament fishing circuit. And that was uh, what our epic story that you're going to share with us today comes from. So just kind of set that up for us. You know, tell us what the tournament was and and what happened. Yeah, sure thing. So it was a a kayak bass fishing um, trail event. It was hosted by... um, a club called Mountain State Kayak Anglers. Mm-hmm. Um, they're out of West Virginia. Okay. If you ever get a chance to go down and fish one of them, uh, MSK, they run the best tournament trail that I've ever been to. Um, those guys are awesome. Uh, nice. So shout out to those guys. Um, but it was at Stonewall Jackson. Um, there were a few different lakes that you were able to fish. Uh, tournament was on Saturday. I got there on Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a little pre-fishing. Uh, my pre-fishing... Um, honestly, I, I caught as many fish and pre-fishing as I've caught on the ride home right now talking to you. Uh, so it wasn't, it wasn't too good of a pre-fishing for mm. me. Uh, my confidence wasn't really there and, you know, <laughs> it, it felt like I drove six hours, uh, for no reason. Yeah. Um, but probably you know, thinking about getting in the, uh, truck and going back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was one of them for sure. But, uh, I got out Saturday morning and. You know, the, the day before, I, I had seen a couple fish that were uh, that were staging on beds. Um, mm, okay. So I, I kind of knew where they were. Um, so, you know, I launched, or I tried to launch when I first got to the lake, and a uh, thunderstorm rolled in, so we had to Ooh. go back and took a power nap in the truck. But eventually we got out, and um, my second cast, I caught a 13-inch fish. So, you know, it was pretty nice. Confidence was up a little bit. Yeah. Um. So I went to another spot where I knew that there was uh, some fish from the day before. I cast my bait in there, um, caught a 16 and a half. And uh, I actually have a good video of this one. I put it on the board and it flopped off the board and I caught it right before it went outside the kayak and brought it back in. Um, yeah, oh, that, that, was, that, that was definitely the uh, epic save for the day there. 
Yeah, that um, made your heart skip that. a couple beats. Oh, yeah, that definitely had my heart drop. Uh, but I <laughs> grabbed him, pulled him back in, got a photo of him. Um, and then I was, you know, struggled a little bit after that. Um, I called an 18 and a half randomly. Um, hmm. Literally, that fish was in six inches of water. Uh, I can't, literally cast it out just to clear a loop out of my line. And he picked it up. So Nice. Um, you know, you got to thank the big man above for that one, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah so, no doubt. <laughs> um, so then I started fishing back to this cove, and, you know, this is where it got it got a little funny for me which and my epic part of my story, I guess. Um, if you know those, uh, like the play school, plastic play school, like houses that have, they're like, uh, I guess like red with like a yellow roof and they have like a door on that kids play in. Yeah. Um, little, little kids those, play thing. Yeah. 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 So there's one of those doors that was just floating in the back of this cove and, you know, I hadn't caught a fish in a little bit and I decided I'd see if I could, you know, cast my sank, uh, land it in the hole and casted it out and it hit landed in the hole and you know i was feeling a little proud of myself about it and kind of like a time killer and before i knew it I, my line was starting to go and uh here there was a fish actually i guess i cast it into his house and he was sitting behind the door and yeah picked up knock, my knock. bait and yeah he picked up my bait and ended up pulling him in the door in with him um yeah that's what i was gonna what, ask what did i yeah, so you had to reel the door in to get the fish in. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So we got all tanned up in the door, and I got everything in. I let the fish go, and kind of sat there laughing to myself about it. And I actually ended up taking the door and piling back over and sticking it back where it was. Um, <laughs> I, sh- I shouldn't even admit this, but about two hours later, I came back and tried it again. Oh, I don't uh, doubt it. <laughs> I yeah, would have too. To no avail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, that, that happened. And, you know, the thing that was fun about that tournament was um, we use a, a tournament series called Tourney X, uh, which is an app and an online website that allows everybody at home to follow along. Mm-hmm. Um, they can see the fish pictures that you upload. They can see where you're at in the standings. Um, so I had a lot of family and friends back home, um, you know, posting on Facebook and tagging me in it. You know, I, I was I was I ended up being in first for – you know, a good portion of the day. Oh, wow. And I, I had a lot of people texting me and calling me and all that. And I actually had to end up putting my phone on airplane mode <laughs> um, because everybody was calling me and texting me about it. Um, and it was like, it was only like noon. Um, and luckily I carry a lithium battery to charge it with. Right. So right. I had to put my phone into that on airplane mode and basically turn it off airplane mode whenever I caught a fish to take a picture of it. And right. it was like every time I turn it off airplane mode, my notifications will be going crazy and I'm trying <laughs> to open up my camera. And yeah, it was, and then it was raining a little bit and, you know, your hands get wet and I couldn't open up my, uh, my camera on my phone or put my password in. So then I had to deal with that, wipe my phone off. It was a, it was a whole to do that entire tournament just to get my five fish. But I ended up getting five fish, and um, I ended up calling like half an inch. I think at like two o'clock, and ended up knocking me up in the up in the fifth place. And, oh, you know, oh got cool! A nice little payday. Yeah, ended up qualifying for the uh, KBF National Championship, um, which was an awesome event that Chad Hoover and KBF ran this year. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was very cool. Yeah, there's a lot that a lot that happened that day, and you know that's kind of how tournament fishing is when you look back on it. Um, your day kind of gets segmented into 
you know, different series of events. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's ups, there's downs, and you know the the I guess the the secret to you know to doing well in them is the you know just kind of take each moment as it comes and you know don't get too high, don't get too low, and you know stick with your game plan. And uh, one of the things I love to do is uh, Gerard Swindell, fast angler, always says, you know, take time and eat your sandwich. So if you're not fishing too well one day and, you know, you're getting frustrated and all that, you know, get your sandwich out and eat it and don't fish and think about it and, you know, regroup your mind and, you know, get your mind right. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, and practice casting at plastic doors if you have to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you ever see a play school set, there's probably a fish in it. Yeah, no doubt. going to be some people going to their local lakes and dropping their kids old uh play school <laughs> tonight i think yeah forget about uh brush piles and christmas trees yeah. everybody's gonna be dumping their play sets now <laughs> <laughs> oh man well um I, so I'm, I'm curious you know fishing the kayak tournaments like you do when you go out and you're not fishing a tournament you know you're just going out and fishing on the weekend do you approach it like you're practicing for a tournament, you know, where you try and, and do everything on a schedule and, or, or do you just fish totally different when you go out and fish for fun? Um, so this is another, uh, uh, funny thing with my family. Um, I'm the most analytical person you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I approach everything in that manner. If I'm in a boat and somebody catches a fish, I want to know, where they casted, how long they waited, how deep it got, where they casted, how far mm-hmm. off the shore they were, how they wiggled their worm, um, <laughs> how, how how they were holding their mouth when they caught it. Right. You know, I I want to I want to know everything. So even when I'm not in a tournament, um, I'm still gathering information and right. you know learning about how the fish react to certain baits and certain conditions. Um, so yeah, I I, I pretty much approach it. I, I'm not as I like to think I'm not as high strung. I'm just fun fishing. Uh, that analytical side is definitely still there, where right. I want to know every right. single detail about the cash. Yeah, so you're maybe not rushing things as much as you might in a tournament, but you know, putting that time pressure on. But you're still trying to figure out the puzzle, so to speak, like you would if you were in a tournament. Yeah. Yep. And I think it. I think it drives my family nuts when I ask them <laughs> twenty questions after every fish we catch. Right. But, you know, that's that's how you learn and that's, you know, how you get better. And like you were saying earlier, how you figure something out for all the occasions, you know, how you know what bait to use when and, um, you know, what's what's the best uh, for any given situation. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's how you get better. You know, there's a lot of people that they only go out on the perfect day when the yeah. weather's great and everything else. You know, I tell everybody if if. If you wake up and you look at the weather and you think to yourself, dang it, I stink in this kind of weather. That's the kind of weather you want to go fish in. That, yeah. That's how you get better. You got to go out and you got to fish out of your comfort zone and, you know, you got to learn something. And you're, you're probably going to get your butt handed to you the first couple of times that you do it. But as long as you start learning stuff and you learn what doesn't work and then you start changing that up, you know, you'll, you'll end up catching them. Yep. Absolutely. Well, great advice and, uh, and a great, tournament fishing story man that uh, must have been <laughs> quite a scene indeed when you're reeling in a bass along with a uh, a play set door all at the same time and get you a fifth place finish that's awesome 
Yeah, it was definitely fun. Very cool. Well, Garrett, man, thanks so much for coming on today and sharing that story with us. And uh, I look forward to seeing some of your uh, epic tournament fishing uh, adventures to come. All right. Thanks for having me. If you're new to podcasts, there's a simple way to get our latest episodes delivered straight to your mobile device. For iOS, just click on the purple podcast icon. For Android, click on the play music icon. Then search for Telltale Fisherman, hit subscribe, and get ready to enjoy the most epic fishing adventures in the world. This has been the Telltale Fisherman Podcast. Thanks for sharing another great tale with us. Be sure to check out the show notes page for more info on today's show and the gear we talked about. Keep those lines tight and we'll catch you next time right here on the Telltale Fisherman Podcast.